Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. So a few months ago when I started at my gym, which I talked to you guys about, I think it was in May, I worked with my nutritionist and my doctor and something that was recommended to me was amino acids. So obviously I did my research on amino acids and realized how important they are when it comes to things like muscle protein synthesis and even things like recovery after you work out. If you have it during your workout, there is benefits in terms of how much you're able to do. This is really an incredible, incredible compound that everyone should be using. So when I was doing my research, I came upon Keon and the reviews on it from people that I knew and trusted was pretty incredible. And as I did my research, I saw that it was a really, really high quality product. And so given the important role that it's played in my own health journey and how much I love the brand, I wanted to interview Angela Keeley, who is the co-founder of Keon Health. So today's episode is centered around all things amino acids, fitness, the research around amino acids, creatine, all the kind of supplements that have been inherently kind of like very male centric in the past, but have these incredible benefits for women as well. Personally, since I switched over to the gym that I'm currently at, I, again, I've talked about this before. I started using creatine as well. This was a recommendation from my doctor. And so we get into the benefits of all of that. I am a huge fan of Keon. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a dinner party and could not stop talking about it. And so ended up introing one of our investors to Angelo because I'm genuinely that big a fan of the brand. So super, super excited to bring you this conversation. It is so robust. And even beyond that, beyond Keon being such an incredible product and like the amino acids standpoint, I had no idea before I started talking to Angelo how interesting his backstory is. Like we get into it right at the beginning of the conversation, but I was really blown away by him. He's super, just such a cool guy. And I think you guys are just going to learn so much from him. 
Before we get into the show, they have an offer for you. So you can visit www.getkeon.com slash dream for 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% off on one-time purchases. I personally am obsessed with the mango flavored amino acids. This is something that I'm going to keep repurchasing for probably the rest of my life. And in this episode, you are going to find out why. So with that, let's welcome Angelo to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, so can you tell me why you were even in India? Like, what were you doing there for a year? Well, it was actually my, was it my third or my fourth time there? The first time I went to India was when I was 21. Uh And I did that because I went to go volunteer at like an orphanage for Uh a month. And then I went and did advanced yoga study in the north for like a month. Wow. And that, that experience was pretty transformative. I mean, I just, I'd never been to a country that different before, but being with like, you know, a bunch of like people at an ashram trying to study yoga versus like working with kids at an Mm -hmm. orphanage in the South. And I was involved going back to our driving discussion, Mm -hmm. actually in a super deadly bus accident. In in, in India? The first time I was there. Yeah. No way. Yeah. When I was, when I was 21, like my bus and another bus collided on a cliff and the other bus went off the cliff and there's no like rescue services in, in the foothills of the Himalayas. And so like I'm this 21-year-old kid, like, climbing down a cliff, you know, for hundreds of meters trying to rescue people up. Are you joking? What, then no. what happened? Like, I mean, 20, 26 people died. <gasps> it was pretty, it was hardcore. And did you get hurt? I did not get hurt. My bus didn't go off. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, so, I mean, you've, you've experienced, I don't know what, I'm assuming it's similar, like, just South Asia driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, your, from your experiences. But, like, people are kind of going in and out of uh-huh. oncoming traffic. And yeah. actually, like, up there, it wasn't that bad because the roads were so skinny, mm-hmm. but it's just like one of those corners where the end of my bus and the back of their bus just barely like hit each other. And I remember looking out through the windows and I like locked like with these, like this one woman's eyes and then the bus just like fell off. Oh my God. And so, yeah, I mean, what do you, in that environment, you just try to do whatever you can do. So like the other young kind of able-bodied people, we just spent the whole day trying to go down this cliff and bring people up. So we brought up like I think we brought up like six people. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people were not. It, it, we were just going to wait until more like services. Yeah. If someone's dead, obviously you're not going to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Of yeah. course. That's. Uh, but just trying to save people that were alive. So that was my first trip when I was 21. But Whoa. I ended up moving there. I went again to do yoga and actually like build a whole like program for um, these kids at the at the orphanage a couple years later. And then I went there for work and then I moved there for a job in 2000. 11? I think 2011. Yeah. For like, what was, what was the job you moved? At that time I was a consultant for Apple. And so it was like implementing all of their like creative softwares into universities and into like big companies that would, that would use them. So. And did you choose to go to India or was this like, I wanted to go. You wanted to go? Yeah. I was like at that time in my life. So I had been living in France for a few uh years and France, Apple Europe, basically was like kind of responsible for Apple India. Yeah. And so I developed a lot of relationships with like the the leadership in my little division kind of category at that time. Yeah. And I had been to India a bunch. And like my dream was like, I want to be this internet. I don't know if it was like international businessman, but like <laughs> I love languages. Yeah. And I love cultures and I love stimulation. I don't know, hard stuff. I, as I've matured, I've gotten less into like trying to do the hardest things possible. Yeah. But it was like a super cool adventure. Like, yeah, I want to go to India and have a career there and you know, and then not permanently, but then go somewhere else. And so 
Yeah, that's I mean, this is really interesting. So at 21, I feel like most people are very, very self-involved. Okay, I definitely was like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a saint at 21. Like my biggest concern was, you know, like what I was going to wear out with my friends that night. And so what was it that drew you to go work at an orphanage and then work at an uh, and go to an ashram afterwards? Because that's like like that's like heavy stuff to take on at that age. So I was the very self-absorbed, like 15-year-old, 16-year-old. Okay. And I think I, I was just, I was I was raised in a family that was an entrepreneurial family, mm-hmm. very bold, eccentric parents. And I think I just, it was pretty untraditional. Mm-hmm. And so always my take on life was like, kind of like my way, mm-hmm. <laughs> like figured out my own way, yeah. which is not always the easiest. Totally. I have to learn every single lesson and do all these things and push the system, et cetera. And when I was 16 through social stuff and I think just like trying to, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's trying to find myself, but I got into a lot of trouble and ultimately I provoked a near death experience where I took way too much LSD and I flipped out, provoked a fight with the wrong people. They beat me up really badly. They stabbed me multiple times and I was hospitalized for a long time and then, you know, had a very long recovery period from that. And naturally, you know, like psychologically PTSD and physically just you know, I have like a full, I have a big scar down my abdomen from like abdominal surgery from getting stabbed in the back and my patella tendon got severed. So it was a pretty like transformative wake up call Yeah. at a very young age, 16. I was 16 and a half when that That's happened. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's, in, yeah. So, I mean, that time it was like, whoa, I, life is really fragile. And I mean, like I'd never thought of before. When you're a kid, you're just kind of like going along, you know? And I just started taking things really seriously. I started taking my health really seriously. I started like seeking meaning in life really seriously. And so, yeah, I think by the time I got to college, I was, so when I was 21, I was like a sophomore or junior, I can't remember, Mm -hmm. in college. And yeah, I was just, I was thinking very seriously about just life. And and I think that turned me on to like other people. Mm -hmm. Like when you're not, when you're not thinking as deeply about life or about your own health or about how you impact people, like mm-hmm. you're just kind of like doing your own thing. As soon as you start to think more deeply, you're like, oh, I'm like in this world with these other people. And immediately it's, you know, your most immediate loved ones become more aware of like your family. Um, if you're in an intimate relationship with that person, with your friends. And I think ultimately I was like, wow, there's like a whole nother, there's all these other worlds out there, people in other countries, people who are, you know, orphans in India are in a very different situation than I was raised in. And so, yeah, I just became like curious. If you know anything about me, you have probably heard me talk about the fact that I take a lot of my meetings while walking and that I often get up in the middle of the day to go out for a short walk just to get my body moving. And I've talked about this before. I say it's movement snacks. And so I was so, so excited to discover NPR's Body Electric podcast because in episode two, they talk about the importance of walking and the impact that it has. The episode is called When Human Met Desk. And in the episode, it is so interesting. The host essentially for one day sits down at her desk the whole day, does not move. And then the next day, she takes these movement breaks. So essentially she sits at her desk for 25 minutes and then gets up for a five minute walk. She partook in this, I guess, quote unquote experiment with the Columbia, one of the labs there for exercise science, I believe. And the findings of that were incredible. Essentially, it showed that she was obviously much more productive and that her blood 
sugar level also went down. I think it was 46 or 48%. And the average kind of mean of the study was 60% reduction in blood sugar levels when you took breaks after 25 minutes of sitting at a desk. The whole episode also goes over the kind of the history of personal computers, what's happened over time as we've kind of become chained to our desks, how we can improve our productivity. It is a super, super fascinating episode for me personally. I'm a very science-based person and that's kind of like the things that I resonate with. So if you are at all interested in this kind of stuff, the NPR Body Electric series is for you. So just to give you a little overview, it's an interactive six-part series that investigates how our relationship with technology is impacting our bodies. So obviously I've told you guys about episode two, which I just listened to, but essentially they are looking at things from nearsightedness and mass psychogenic illnesses to type 2 diabetes, rates doubling in young people. This show essentially partners with Columbia Medical School to find out why all of these things are happening. Body Electric touches on topics like tips for parents, mental health, debunking popular beliefs, and provides a feel-good tone with solutions that you can take part in. With the mounting pressures of today's society, Body Electric strives to help lighten your load mentally and physically. You can listen now to Body Electric on TED Radio Hour from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy. I know I have. Hey friend, I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Wow, that's uh, that's an incredible story. So then how do you go from, you know, like after that, you obviously had quite a robust career because you were at Apple and, you know, that's that's like an incredible career path. How do you go from there to starting Keon? Because is it Keon or Kion? How do I say it? Keon. Keon? Okay, yeah, I was perfect. correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you go from there to starting Keon? Because, I mean, like I was telling you offline a little bit, I'm a big, big, big fan of the product. Is it because you were kind of rooted in health and wellness? So going back to the story of like my my parents, my mm-hmm. I was raised in a family that was very rooted in health and wellness. Mm-hmm. My parents had a natural health food store in the 80s. So like pretty- oh, They were ahead of their yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, they, were, they were hippies. Mm-hmm. They were pretty, <laughs> pretty crunchy. And yeah, so I was just raised with those, with those values. And I think even more specifically, like I was raised exposed to the type of products that I've ended up getting into and as an adult business-wise. Yeah. So naturally it's like, I think if from a young age you believe in something and it continues to like work for you throughout your life and then later in life you're like, hey, what do I do? You know, like what should I do with my career? What should I dedicate my time to? It's pretty natural to, I think, choose the things that have been the most consistent in your life. Yeah. And my parents thought a lot about nutrition. They thought about protein. Mm -hmm. They thought a lot about amino acids, which is the heart of what protein is. But other things too, things like fish oil and like kind of the core essential supplements that I think can really impact people's lives. So after those journeys of, you know, living overseas for several years and coming back to the States and wanting to have a family and wanting to build, you know, what's going to be like my future, I tried some different things and I think I landed back where like, what are the things that have consistently provided the most value to my life? Mm -hmm. And what are the things I really believe in? And how can I make that 
my journey. And so, you know, with Keon, it's like, I, I really believe in essential amino acids. I really believe in protein nutrition and that these things, if people can pay attention to this in their life and they can add a bit more of it mm-hmm. and be consistent with it, it can change their it can change everything from like their body composition to their mood to how long they live and whether or not they get to play like with their grandkids when they're older, like if they're mobile. So it's pretty, I think it's pretty profound actually. It seems like this like simple little supplement company, but it's, no, it really impacts people's lives. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I've shared this on solos in the past, but for me specifically, like changing my protein intake completely changed my life. Like it just, the, the kind of, mental clarity I had, like body composition, like all of a sudden I was able to go to the gym and like lift more weights. And like I've been resistance training for a while now, but it was because of actually my doctor's recommendation that I started upping my protein um, intake, adding creatine and and amino acids as well. So with that, I actually want to segue into asking you what amino acids even are for someone who's listening in and maybe they've heard of it. Like, what are they? What's their function? Tell us everything. I just love that story too, that like, that you've had such a good positive experience, like in your own life with it, because it, yeah, there's no better way to kind of educate your audience if if it's like real for you. And I have to say, like on a side note, like I've had quite a number of brands of aminos and your mango flavor is phenomenal. Like the first brand of aminos that I bought, and this was prior to me learning about Kion at all, it was like a well-known brand and like, obviously like, like good product or whatever, but I could not stand the taste. And like for me, I feel like if I need to integrate something into my life, it needs to be something that's like palatable. And also like, <laughs> like you're not going to have something that tastes like crap. Like, let's be real. Adherence is the number one exactly. like, thing you have to look for in health. It's like people are like, oh, should I eat this or take that or do this exercise or that? It's like, what will you actually do? Exactly. Like if you will go to the gym every day, do that. If yeah. you'll run, do that. Like whatever it is that you'll do. And I think it's the same thing with products. If something is so gross that- Oh my God. And I'm just like then. never going to do that. And so- you know, like it wasn't until that I found your brand that I was able to like start recommending Keon to like other people, like amino acids as a mm-hmm. whole, because I was like, no one's going to have this because I can't have it when it tastes like such garbage. And yeah. so I have to say, like your mango <laughs> is like so good. I have it every day before the gym. I really, really like it. So anyway, I'm going to stop so, there. Tell everyone what <laughs> amino acids are. <laughs> so the reason why you and I kind of keep exchanging this idea of like protein and amino acids is because yes. they're very closely related. Mm hmm. And the reason for that is amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Mm -hmm. But I think we should start with talking about what protein is, because I think that is what's most helpful for people just to start with. So at its heart, protein is distinct from carbohydrates or from fat, because carbohydrates and fat, when we eat them, the reason we eat them is they, they get converted into energy our body uses. Like that's, you eat some pasta, you eat some rice, you eat some butter, whatever it is. Your body actually uses that to burn like the way you might like burn gasoline, like in a car to make, mm-hmm. a, make a car go. Protein can be used for that, but it's not its primary role. The reason why we eat protein in the simplest terms is to actually help rebuild the proteins in our body. If we've rebuilt all the proteins that we can, that we can rebuild at a given time and there's like surplus, then it gets converted into sugars and it gets converted into a fuel, but that's not its primary role. People might be going like, what do you mean the proteins in our body? Well, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I think some people generally associate like our muscle is maybe made up of proteins or 
I take protein that helps me with muscle, but literally your muscles are made up of proteins, but your organs also are your Mm -hmm. skin, your hair, your eyes, um, even things like hormones and enzymes. All of these are made up of proteins. And the way that proteins work in the body is that they're in this constant state of breaking down and rebuilding themselves. It's kind of like when you're a kid, you learn that idea that the cells in your body are not the cells that were there like before when you were born, right? The cells are like rejuvenating. The similar idea like with proteins, these proteins are breaking down and they're rebuilding themselves at the cellular level. And the reason for that is to keep them fresh in the simplest terms. I mean, it's, it's more complicated biologically, but like imagine you want new, fresh, healthy, high-performing proteins that make up your organs and your muscles. And when, they, when the proteins in your body break down, which is happening all the time, they break down, they go into your blood. And what they are is they break down to these little individual amino acids. There's 21 of them. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know what they are, but there's 21 of them. They're these little individual parts. And the body tries to rebuild the proteins, but some of those amino acids can't be used again. Just think like they're like not good anymore. They've they've been used up too much. So when you eat protein, when you eat a piece of plant protein or animal protein, your body digests it. It breaks it down into the individual little amino acids. It goes into your blood. And then your body utilizes those amino acids to rebuild liver tissue, rebuild your heart tissue, rebuild muscle, et cetera. So amino acids are the actual building blocks of the protein that you eat and the building blocks of all the protein that make up your body. And just big picture, over half of your solid body mass, so the stuff that's not water, over half of it is proteins. So you really need to eat protein in order to help rebuild the proteins in your body. And the the thing that's inside that protein is amino acids. Got it. So essentially, like the amino acids are the most, I guess they're the thing that makes the protein as important as it is. Well, so that's a really good question. The amino acids are what make protein. It's literally, it is just the building blocks of the protein. But your question was, it's the thing that makes it like important. Mm -hmm. Actually, what makes it important, and this is a great segue to essential amino acids, are the essential amino acids. In a protein, nine of them, nine of the amino acids are essential, 21 are non-essential. And the simplest way of describing that is the essential ones are the ones that your body can't synthesize or convert or make. Like if I take, if I consume the nine essential amino acids, my body can actually convert them and make the non-essential amino acids for me. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So the 21 essentially is like something your body can like figure out how to make, but not without the nine. Yeah. 11. So 11 plus nine equal like 20. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing though, that is, it's not like new information, mm-hmm. but the last 20 years, but it's surprising how few people are aware of this, is the nine are not only the ones that your body must consume, they're essential for that reason. They're also the part that makes the protein important. They're the active component of the protein. Imagine it like it's the thing in the protein that actually gives the spark to, to rebuild proteins in your body. So we've done studies, the scientific community has done studies, where you take only the nine essential amino acids or you take a combination of the nine essential amino acids with the other 11 non-essential or you take only the non-essential. And it's very clear that the essential amino acids create all of the impact of the protein. They create all of the new muscle protein synthesis. It's a big word, but all it means is like your muscle, new proteins. (laughs) It makes your body synthesize new proteins in your muscle. So not only is it the thing your body can't make, but it's what it is what you're trying to get from the protein. 
explicitly for the purpose of stimulating the development of new proteins in your body, which is a good thing. When you stimulate the development of the new proteins, not only does it help you build muscle, it helps you rejuvenate any older proteins that are not functioning as well. It promotes, so it's, it it's promotes like, this turnover. It's like an efficient way to consume like the, the best part. I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you're just evaluating protein sources, mm -hmm. you want to try to find protein sources that have more of those essential amino acids than the non-essential amino acids. A gram of protein is not equal depending on its source. There are definitely way better sources of protein than others mm -hmm. because they have more of these essential amino acids. And then at the very far spectrum of it, outside the scope of like just eating food, uh -huh. whole food protein, if you're going to supplement an essential amino acid supplement, something like Keon Aminos, mm -hmm. is the most effective way at stimulating that muscle protein synthesis. If you take, you know, Keon Aminos and you compare it to a really high quality protein, let's just say egg whites mm -hmm. or eggs. Eggs are very high quality protein. Mm -hmm. They have excellent essential amino acid profile. It's going to stimulate likely two times the amount of muscle protein synthesis as those eggs. But listen, here's why. Gram for gram, mm -hmm. because only half, less than half of the eggs is essential amino acids, the protein. Like 60% is the non-essential, which mm -hmm. your body doesn't need as much of. Now, eggs have other great things. I'm not saying like- Like micronutrients and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah micronutrients yeah. and healthy fats and you know other good things for you. So it's not like you there, it's a- One or the other. One or the other, but you get the impact of that. If you were then to compare- you know, essential amino acids and like Keon, which honestly is vegan as well, mm -hmm. to some type of plant-based protein, it could be like eight times as effective because depending on the quality of the protein and like a, a quinoa or a buckwheat there, they have better essential amino acid profiles, mm -hmm. but you get into like a, like a rice, even like legumes, et cetera, mm -hmm. they don't have as good of a profile. You're going to get way more protein synthesis out of taking an essential amino acid supplement. So you start to see that the benefits of considering this kind of supplementation, both thinking of like, hey, how do I get really good high quality proteins into mm -hmm. my diet? But also if I'm making decisions like, hey, I want to be plant-based or I'm trying to restrict calories for some temporary amount of time, I would not recommend anyone do that long-term. You could help supplement your needs for the essential amino acids through a supplement. And it's going to be much more efficient than you would get from only eating the high quality protein foods. Over the last few years, I have been extremely, extremely particular about making sure that I don't use toxic cookware. The reason is because there's xenoestrogens, it messes with your hormones. And right now I'm in my 30s and I feel like when I hit like my mid slash late 20s, I became acutely aware of things that I could do within my home, like things that were under my control that I could do to minimize any like hormone disruptions. So cookware is super, super important to me. It's an easy change that I could make in my own household. And Good thing is that there's plenty of very chic pans out there. Of course, my favorite being Caraway Home. So I personally own the black pans with the gold lids, like the gold, I guess, finishing. And it is absolutely stunning. I posted a reel with these pans and people kept asking where the pans were from. So it's Caraway Home. I love Caraway Home, okay? First and foremost, of course, they are made without any toxic materials like PFAs, PTFEs, PFOAs, or other hard-to-pronounce chemicals. Also, 
The products are super, super easy to use. They have a ceramic, naturally slick surface, which means minimal oil or butter is needed for slide off the pan eggs and easy cleaning. Nothing sticks to these pans. And that was actually one of my concerns when it came to um, switching over pans and like just making sure that I had like a really high quality pan brand that was also nonstick. This is just it's it's such a high quality product. It's also super well-loved. Over 50,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen, and I myself am definitely one of them. I cannot recommend this pan more. Caraway Home has an offer for you guys, and let me tell you, whether it's for yourself or presents for someone you love, these are such high-quality, beautiful, non-toxic pans, and I really cannot get enough of them. So visit carawayhome.com and use code DREAM for 10% off. And don't forget, their once-a-year savings event starts November 1st. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, so lots of follow-up questions. Yeah. So. First and foremost, you know, people may have a goal for how much protein they're wanting to consume, right? So like, you know, they say like a gram per pound of body weight, mm -hmm. kg, whatever you believe in. Like where does Keon or amino acids in general play into that? Like if I'm supplementing with the Keon amino acids, like how, like do I take it, like do I take out some of the protein that I'm supposed to consume and like replace it with the Keon? Like what, what do you recommend? Or like how much is one serving of amino acids like how does that compare to per gram of protein? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Great question. And so one thing I want to highlight is what you originally shared is you're taking Keon Aminos before you work out. Yes. Which is, I think, a combination of both. You're getting the benefits of, of specific exercise benefits you'll get from that, which we mm -hmm. can get to in a second. Mm -hmm. And also it's hitting, helping you hit those daily essential amino acid needs that are kind of at the heart of daily protein needs. Yeah. But exercise, we can talk about exercise in a, in a second. So in terms of like your daily protein needs, you quoted a, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. And mm -hmm. some people say a gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight yeah. if you're trying to like say lose fat and ideally hopefully not lose muscle. Mm -hmm. That is what the most contemporary research shows specifically for, I would say more vibrant living the recommended daily allowance, which is uh, prescribed from the government, is 0.4 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So it's less than half what right. you quoted. What I would name, though, is that is really like the minimum. That's not like a recommended daily allowance like this is for ideal, vibrant living. It's like you need to get at least this much. If you don't get this much, you'll have issues with your with like organ health. You'll have issues with skin, hair loss, like bad things will happen to you. Mm -hmm. So I think like the 0.4 grams is the bare minimum, the bare not minimum, like, yeah. oh, I'm kind of trying to get to that target. I would recommend that the the gram of protein per pound of body weight or ideal body weight is a much better target. Yeah, that's what I do. And it's like, it's completely changed my life. Yeah, it'll change like how- um, Energy levels. Energy levels, mood, you know, satiety. So like you're just mm -hmm. not feeling hungry all the time. It, it's really, if you haven't tried that yet, I highly recommend just, just try it for a week and you'll see how it goes. It will go well. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, it will go well. So if you if you want to think about essential amino acids as a supplement to your daily protein intake, the first thing I'd say is like, don't think about it supplementing or replacing that bare minimum. Got it. Don't replace like, and not saying that someone weighs 100 pounds, mm -hmm. like very few people wear 100 pounds. Well, let's just use that simple math. If yeah. you weigh 100 pounds, 40 grams of protein from like whole food, like do that, like make sure you're getting that. Then as you're trying to get up to these higher numbers, like you're trying to get all the way up to hundred grams of protein per day, you could start to think that basically one gram 
of Keon aminos. And what I would just say is we can get more into the science of this. It's not any aminos. Like you might've tried other aminos, brands like branch chain amino acids or even essential amino acids will only give you eight of mm-hmm. the amino acids. Those don't count. It, it basically has to be essential amino acids in the formula like Keon aminos, which you can see on the back of the label. And you could, if you want to shop around, you can, but I think, I think you'll find it's hard to find that type of formula, which is based on the research. That one gram of that is going to be equal if you're young and healthy and you're, and you're not in exercising right now to approximately two grams of a good quality protein. That's insane. Yeah. And, and if you're on a plant-based diet, it's going to be more because the plant-based proteins are not as, they don't have the same composition of essential amino acids. So it could be three, four times. Here's the interesting thing. As you age, it becomes even greater because our ability to digest protein and our sensitivity, the internal sensitivity of our body to promote this new protein synthesis, both reduce as we age. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a healthy, say 40-year-old, it's going to be like three times the impact. Wow. A 50-year-old, approximately four. A 50-year-old, approximately five. And we've done, they've done studies with women in their 60s. It's six times the impact from a free-form essential amino acid supplements in this type of formulation, all nine essential amino acids in this type of formula to a whole food protein source. So I think what you'll see is that it's very valuable for people who are younger, 20s and 30s, just trying to live vibrantly and trying to hit these higher you know, daily protein intake levels to, if you have trouble doing it and you're looking at ways to, to, to get there, whether mm-hmm. through protein powders or through essential amino acid supplements, you'll find this is a highly efficient, effective way to do it. And as you age, you'll start to see it like, I need to do it that much more because food simply, I don't get as much from food as I age as I did when I was in my 20s and 30s. Okay, so you brought up something that's actually really interesting. You said that as we age, our ability to synthesize protein kind of diminishes, right? Mm -hmm. So actually, I did the, what is it, the organic acid test pretty recently. And Mm -hmm. so they like kind of see like how you're breaking down like different compounds like carbs, fats, proteins. And with my protein synthesis was like less than optimal. Okay, so like I was put on a few supplements to Mm. help with that. But would you say then like to kind of combat this, if you take amino acids like Keon, like just like directly, does that kind of circumvent that problem? Because it's like all it's just like a direct thing. Yeah. And so for two reasons, it circumvents it. And that's why it can be used so well for like this kind of case. Number one, there's no digestion. It basically goes into your system. You're not having to break down the proteins into the essential amino acids. And so it immediately goes into your blood. And as we've studied this, the scientific community has studied this over the last 30 years, actually reaching peak concentration levels in the blood as quickly as possible is what we believe stimulates the greater increase in the protein synthesis. So so to one degree, it's simply like, if I take Keon aminos versus eating this egg, the gram for gram, there's more essential amino acids. There's more of the stuff that stimulates the protein synthesis, but also because you don't have to digest it and it immediately goes into the blood and is immediately available to the muscle, it stimulates it at an even greater degree as well. And that's part of the reason why we think that it overcomes so many different cases of what we call anabolic resistance, Mm -hmm. just meaning like our us not wanting to build muscle. So it's similar in situations in which people are injured, they're recovering from a surgery or they have some kind of chronic illness. Also happens to women during menopause where hormones change and our body's going through a stress response. We simply like we're, it's not even as, it's not only the digestion, it's also just our our body's ability and kind of desire to, to 
to focus on protein synthesis becomes less because it's dealing with the stress of aging mm-hmm. or the stress of injury or the stress of hormonal changes. The, the fact that the amino acids go immediately into the blood helps overcome that. And then, and then the third thing is that you can formulate essential amino acids to like their ideal formulation. Like, cause we're talking about, Hey, and all these different foods, which are great for different reasons. Like you might eat, you might eat legumes, you might eat rice or these different types of plants that have proteins and have amino acids in them for other reasons too. They have other types of healthy carbs, the other types of healthy minerals, et cetera. But when you're just getting down to like, Hey, I'm trying to support my body and its unique needs for protein synthesis. There are more ideal formulas for how the proportions of each amino acid. And so that we used all of that research that's been available over the last 20 years to basically just make the best formulation of each of the nine essential amino acids relative to each other that will help overcome that. So yes, it would overcome those issues. I mean, I think it probably still, I I don't know, you know, what else your doctor Mm -hmm. has prescribed you or what makes sense. And if there's like digestive enzymes Mm -hmm. to help break down the proteins more, but yes, it will, it will circumvent even those issues because it's immediately available to your blood and it's in a higher concentration yeah. and it's like the ideal formula. Wow, that is absolutely fascinating. So I want to talk about the impact that it has on exercise and all of that. But before that, I actually want to ask you, because I know that BCAAs or branch chain amino acids, they're like, you know, like people in the workout community essentially kind of know what they or have heard of them. OK, so what's the difference between the nine essential amino acids and BCAAs? Great question. So the branch chain amino acids, which are, you know, uh, abbreviated as BCAAs, are three of the nine. Got it. Okay. So they're actually part of the essential amino acid family. Mm-hmm. And the kind of simple story of the research around this and the marketing story around this is that 40, 50 years ago, the initial research showed that the three branch chain amino acids were the active components of the protein that were actually stimulating the new protein synthesis. So this thing we were talking earlier where it's like the nine are the active, we thought that just the three were. Got and then it. through lots of follow-up studies, we discovered they were not. You must have all nine. So the three are kind of like the stars. They're like, I don't know, if you had a play, they're like the three stars of the play. Or if you had a you know a sports team, they're like mm-hmm. the three stars of the team. But you have to have the other six supporting actors, the other six supporting athletes to help support the win. Otherwise, there's actually no increase in protein synthesis. There's a great meta-analysis from 2017 from Dr. Robert Wolf and Mm -hmm. all the other leaders in this field that basically showed that BCAAs actually stimulate no increase in protein synthesis on their own. So in short, they're, they're a waste of money taken on their own. And so, yeah, if you're hearing this conversation and thinking about like, oh, I got to get aminos, like definitely look for nine. all nine. You need all nine. Okay. And the other question that I have is in one um, serving of Kion, how many grams is that? It's five It's five grams of essential amino acids. Got it. That yeah. is, that's incredible. Yeah. So you can think that'd be the equivalent of, of 10 grams of protein. Then. Yeah. That's... yeah. In terms of muscle protein yes, synthesis, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Absolutely. That's crazy. Okay. So let's talk about the impact that it has on working out or someone with like an active lifestyle. So this goes to, again, kind of the heart of like the proteins in our body and what they're doing and and what they need. Mm -hmm. Naturally, resistance training, there's some kind of misconceptions around this that people think, oh, I do resistance training. I lift weights Mm -hmm. or do some kind of HIIT workout outside of like the cardiovascular impact of HIIT workouts to help kind of stress my muscles so that they build back better and bigger. And that's the only way that you can do it. And then you, you use protein 
to help be like the fuel to do it. But actually protein and specifically essential amino acids on their own stimulate new protein synthesis, even outside of resistance training. Interesting. But ideally, you would combine them. I mean, resistance training is going to be the best way to do it. And different types of, you know, cardio activity like running can promote like muscular endurance, like Mm -hmm. uh, prepare your body to like be sustained muscular activities longer. But actually, the, the amino acids themselves can help to promote the protein synthesis. And one of the best examples of this is a study, a series of studies, but the primary study done for NASA, I think it was 2005, was trying to figure out what to do with astronauts when they go in space for, for many months and they have no resistance. Like anyone who's been bedridden for a while, like you shrink up, mm-hmm. right? And so they were trying to help not have that happen. So they did a study where they kept people bedridden for 28 days. Sounds miserable. Yeah, sounds like a miserable study. <laughs> and actually they got enough research after the first seven days and then the follow-ups, they brought it down to seven because the 28 days was just miserable. But what they did is in addition to kind of a, an average diet, they supplemented them with essential amino acids six times a day. And after 28 days, there was no net muscle loss. What? Now, that, it was a lot. Like, that's a lot. You're taking, they were taking 15 grams, like three, the equivalent of fifth, three servings of Keanu Aminos, like six times a day. Yeah. But it was under a very stressful period to be like, I don't know if you were actually to be bedridden for a week, if that could be a smart protocol to do for that short amount of time to make sure you don't lose muscle. Well, I mean, th- that's actually really interesting. And I like I know I'm like I'm pausing because yeah. like there have been times where I've had like really bad injuries, like I've broken my ankle or like I had a pretty bad accident a few years ago where I had brain injuries and I was bedridden. Like I, there was no way I could work out. And so like for someone going through something like this, especially if they're active, like it's actually like really good information to know. Yeah, in a short-term situation, I think it's excellent and can't reveal names. We had like mm-hmm. very famous NBA player last year that got injured and wasn't going to be able to play for a while. And so both to help him maintain his muscle during that period, but also to help with the actual recovery of the injured part of the body, mm-hmm. put him on super high dose of that. And it dramatically improved that recovery period and the and him being able to maintain muscle mass during it. So it's like a it's a very practical, I mean, it's a very practical tip if you find yourself in that situation. So why did I go into this whole story relative to like exercise? Is you see how impactful the essential amino acids are on their own. When you combine that with exercise, it becomes just like magnified. So if you take essential amino acids before you do resistance training, it'll do a few things. It will actually promote like a multiplying effect of muscle protein synthesis. You'll get that much, it'll be that much more of effective of a training session. You're actually creating more muscle protein turnover and building more new muscle than you would if you had only just done the resistance training. Mm -hmm. You're also helping to prevent fatigue. So when you are training, naturally you're actually, well, you, you use the amino acids themselves to actually help facilitate the process of converting sugars at the at the side of the muscle mm-hmm. into fuel to fuel the muscle. And in doing that, it reduces the amount of amino acids in the blood and your muscles start to break down to fuel the blood with more amino acids, which is part of why your muscles start to get tired. Not the only way, like you're obviously like stressing them as well. So by doing that, you help prevent the fatigue and it helps prevent the longer term uh, muscle protein breakdown that happens after training. So it'll support with recovery. But what I would say is if you take amino acids before you train, it's actually true for protein as well. If you had a protein shake before you do resistance training, it will also help support. But essential amino acids compared to whey protein, studies on this, it's three times as effective. And that's because, like before I was saying it's two times as effective. In a young adult, it's three times as effective. And again, it's because the essential amino acids are just immediately available 
to the blood and to the muscle. So your body utilizes them like it loves it. Well, also the other thing here is that I like as someone who resistance trains for the longest time, I would go to the gym fasted, right? I don't do that anymore Mm. because my schedule's changed a little bit. But I still can't consume something heavy like right before I'm going to the gym. You're so like, I ha- don't want to like drink oh my protein. God. No, or are you like kidding that? me? Like, yeah. that's like my worst nightmare. I feel like I'm going to go and like throw up while I'm at the gym, you know, because I'm like really pushing myself. And so I feel like the benefits, like the, the, like the amino acids just goes into my bottle of water and it like, you know, it tastes like mango. It's like, you know, I'm having like almost like electrolytes or it's yeah. like, it's very like, it's light. It's like an electrolyte drink. It's like a fruity, exactly. light beverage. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not this painstaking thing to like drink. And then you're like, well, shit, like, am I going, going to the gym and then like feeling really like bloated and like heavy while I'm doing my workout? Like no one wants that. Yeah. And not to make it complicated. I always hesitate like to give too much information. What I would just say is there's really distinct benefits to taking before you train, also while you train and after you train. Okay, so, well, give us all the information. What I would just say is like, <laughs> it's good any of those times, you know? And like most people are not gonna be trying to like take that many supplements, but I would just say they're all good. And simply by taking it during, before, during, or after resistance training, and it's the exact same thing is true for cardio as well. Mm-hmm. It'll help prevent fatigue. It'll help stimulate more new protein synthesis. It'll help support recovery. I can't tell you how many marathon runners I know that when they're doing long distance running, they consume Keon aminos every hour, and then they consume a big dose afterwards. It dramatically improves their endurance and dramatically improves their recovery. So really, it works in all of these situations. I think it's like what works best for you. If you're someone who wants to work out fasted, but like you don't want to be like that hungry, and honestly, like it's it's not a it's not a great idea. It'd be better if you took some amino acids. Mm-hmm. Then like take them then. If you just if you ate like an hour before, then maybe it's better to drink the amino acids while you're working out or definitely taking them afterwards. If you're like a hardcore user and you have your own essential amino acid company, I think I was telling you like before, like I take them before I go to Muay Thai, I take them during and I take them after. And it's that's like a hardcore intense hour long kickboxing session though. So it's, um, I really want to get the most out of it mm-hmm. in terms of my muscle health and I want to reduce my recovery time. I feel like I can come back tomorrow. So like I'm willing to invest in taking it that much. I actually do sometimes just put it into my water bottle and have it while I'm working out as well. Actually, yeah. like when it was recommended to me, like by my, like I told you, like my doctor was the one who recommended amino acids to me. It was, I, I was told to just like put it in my water and take it with me to the gym. And like, even just that, like if, if you forget to take it beforehand, like I feel like even just having it while you're working out is like, it's fine, you know? It's great. It, it will, in that way, it'll help prevent as much fatigue and it will really support your recovery. Got it. Yeah. And then if you have it afterwards, is it more so as like a recovery mechanism as well? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's doing, it can't, it can't help you get more benefit from when you're doing the training. You didn't take it before Uh and it's not supporting you with not getting fatigue. So it's primary benefit is going to be recovery. One other interesting point though, that I think is overlooked and it's not how we like market Mm -hmm. Keon Aminos and most people don't market it, but the research is very clear that to make a beverage more hydrating, mm-hmm. like to make something, to make water more hydrating, basically what you have to do is you have to change the osmolality. It's like the, the pressure of it relative to like your blood and it helps the water pass through your small intestines and amino acids are highly effective at that. So not only is it helping to promote this protein synthesis, it is making the water more hydrating. Okay. So, yeah. I have to tell you the craziest story right now, okay? So... 
I did my blood work in May and, you know, did, it was like a full blood panel. And one of the things, this was, by the way, shocking to me as someone who drinks the amount of water, like I, I feel like I'm drinking water constantly. It showed that I was slightly dehydrated. Okay. And then after I did my blood work and everything, like I started to integrate amino acids into my routine and all of that. And I was always taking electrolytes. I'd like upped my electrolytes a little bit as well. I went in for my blood work like a week and a half ago, and I just got the results earlier this week. My hydration levels have improved significantly. Like I went Mm. from like being like kind of like dehydrated to like perfectly fine. So I like, I believe that's like, that's crazy. Like I did not know that that was like, like a role, like what kind of amino acids do as well, but that's fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's the research is really awesome on it. And, and just to talk about electrolytes for a second, I mean, I think in many ways the electrolytes and even the way that people have electrolyte products and they companies market them is to help replenish these specific minerals that you lose Mm -hmm. through really intense exercise and sweating a lot. Mm -hmm. They play like a, a role in hydrating you, but also like glucose sugar can help hydrate you if you put it in the right amount in water. That's why Gatorade historically had sugar in it, even though sugar's super unpopular now in terms of like, it's highly processed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it can spike your blood sugar levels and have all these other bad things. But the role of amino acids, both compared to glucose and to electrolytes and actually just helping the water hydrate your cells is very good, if not better. That's incredible. Okay. So we have a few audience questions. So I'm just going to get into that because I think this will take a minute. (laughs) So people are asking if you know the role of creatine and how to integrate it into their routines and what are your thoughts for creatine for women? Yeah, creatine is a great product. As I kind of spoke to earlier about Keon, we try to just focus on having essentials, Mm -hmm. like not trying to come up with the newest, fanciest, blah, blah, blah product that's going to like sound super cool, but what actually works we have a creatine because mm-hmm. it is one of the most studied products over the last 40 years. Again, so creatine actually is technically an amino acid too. It's not one of those 20 that I talked about earlier because mm-hmm. it's not one of the ones that like makes up the structure of the proteins and that like helps rebuild the proteins in our body. It plays a different role. What it does is it specifically um, actually helps with energy production. And I'm trying to, fi- I'm tr- I want to make sure I say this like, for like general public, right? And don't go, go too, too nerdy on it. We have a few different ways that our bodies produce energy. Like if you just think about the, the location of a muscle, the way that our bodies convert sugar or convert fats into ATP, which is the energy that our body uses. And you've probably heard of aerobic, exercise, anaerobic. That's, that's the energy system. It's actually whether there's oxygen or, oxygen or not used. Mm-hmm. There's another energy system called the phosphocreatine energy system. And What it is, is when you need like a really intense, short burst of energy, for example, you are lifting weights and you are kind of maxed out at 10 reps and you wish you could just get that 11th rep, that 12th rep, that'd be the phosphocreatine energy system that would be able to like kind of immediately convert the creatine stores in our cells into a burst of energy. Mm -hmm. When you take creatine, what you do is you load up your cells with that. You load up your cells with this kind of phosphocreatine that enables you to get out short bursts of energy mm-hmm. when you like really need it. So it's like kind of your most powerful short-term energy system. The reason why that can be beneficial for people is because it does help you to train a little bit more, to push yourself a little bit more. And through doing that, you're going to build 
healthier and better muscles. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you increase your training capacity, whether that's through just resistance training or or it's through some kind of hit activities, you're going to overall improve the health of your muscles. So it's like it's a little boost to get your muscles to do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Interestingly though, creatine shows up in all these other parts of our body as well and it shows up in our brain. Yeah. And what we don't fully understand this yet. It hasn't, like most of all the research on creatine has been done on this kind of ability to help you lift a little bit more or mm-hmm. train a little bit harder, but it appears to improve cognition and it appears to improve sleep. And the hypotheses around that are similar to like, if you think about that level of the muscle, that basically it's helping with energy production and activity. Like it's kind of like a, it's a little cellular boost mm-hmm. to help promote better sleep and to help promote better cognition. But exactly how it works, we don't understand the mechanics to the same degree that we understand it like at the at the level of the muscle. I think for women, it makes a lot of sense. So in creatine typically like you really only get it from like meat. Mm-hmm. And so if you're plant-based, it makes a lot of sense. And if you don't eat that much meat, it makes a lot of sense. And if you're aging, I mean basically if you're like over 30, it makes more and more sense. So it's one of those things again that's kind of like I think as we move more and more towards more optimal health and mm-hmm. we're trying to be that much more dedicated, uh, it, it just makes it makes sense to incorporate. Unfortunately, I think it's been branded as like this bro thing. Yeah. Yeah, you just think it, of like guys taking it and getting jacked and they're taking like mega doses of yeah. it. And so I think women get afraid. Oh my God, is it going to make me like swell up like I'm on steroids or something? It's like, it's not, that's not going to happen. One thing I would say is uh, if you're looking for creatine, I would... I would look for a high quality creatine because they can be produced from all different facilities and factories in the world. There's one that's actually produced in Germany. That's the one that we choose to use. And it is a much smaller like particle size and it's a much higher quality creatine. And for that reason, you don't have to do any loading phase. You don't have to take a bunch up front, which with other standard creatines you do. In all this, I'm saying like the white powder creatine monohydrate. There's all people have gummies and Mm -hmm. gels and all kinds of things now, but the creatine monohydrate Mm -hmm. is like, it's it's the best. You don't have to load up on it. You just start taking it. And really all you have to do is take one serving every day. It doesn't matter when you take it. It doesn't have to be before, during, after training. Because really what you're just trying to do is get it into, to increase the amount that's in your cells. One thing you will notice potentially is because it brings more water into the cells, it you may see the scale go up slightly. But if you gain a pound on the scale, don't freak out. If you were to go into and get a body scan, what you would see is that the water in your muscles has slightly increased. That is where that extra pound, and honestly, probably wouldn't be a pound. It's like, be a pound for me. I'm like a 200 pound guy. Like yeah. if you're a 140, 150 pound woman, like you're, it's, it's half a pound or something, but it's not going to make you like puffy or it's not going to make you gain a bunch of weight. There's a bunch of like scary myths out there that are not real. I do love that you bring that up though, because I take creatine and I feel like it really has kind of shifted the way that I train and like just my like cognition. Like I feel like it, it's made like a lot of difference in my life. And it's funny because when I started taking creatine, I did notice the scale go up slightly. It also could have been because I was like going really ham in the gym. But then I did my total body scan and my muscle mass had increased and like mm-hmm. the water weight, it, it was it, like that had also increased just like you said. So yeah. it's really interesting. And I don't think that people should shy away from it. On that note, speaking of amino acids, someone asked, are they able to take it with food or is it just like pre during and post a workout. You can absolutely take it with with food. Mm-hmm. What I would say is if you're eating a really high protein meal mm-hmm. with excellent quality proteins, it's probably a, a waste. 
if you're taking, here's a, here's a ba- basic guidance on kind of protein and amino acid nutrition. Ideally, you would have some kind of protein or some kind of essential amino acid intake every few hours, say like every three hours. The reason for that is that your protein synthesis spikes, these, these periods during which your body is like rebuilding the proteins and your muscle lasts about three hours. And ideally, whatever that daily protein intake is, let's say it's 150 grams, mm-hmm. break that up by like five meals or five sessions and try to get like 30 grams of protein, like five times a day. Or, you know, if it's easier, get like 40 grams of protein four times a day. That's going to give you the most efficient support for your needs for new protein synthesis. So if I'm eating a meal with 40 grams of protein in it, it's not really worth taking the essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. That said, if this is a meal where it's like, I'm just having a salad and there's no major protein, it's like a salad with some quinoa, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to take essential amino acids because there's there's very few in that meal and you're not really getting the, the protein or the essential amino acids you would ideally get from it. So I think put, eat, taking it with meals that are low in protein makes a lot, or low in high quality protein make a lot of sense. If you're on a plant-based diet, it makes, it's typically, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about plant-based mm-hmm. diets. They just are lower in essential amino yeah, acids. And so yeah. you have to eat more, you have to eat more of the food to mm-hmm. get what you need from it. But you could just supplement with some essential amino acids or in between meals, you know, like if you had breakfast at eight and you're not going to eat lunch again until one, like in the middle of that would be a good time. And then it always makes sense before, during, after training. I should have brought some with me in my water bottle. Like I have like a two hour podcast marathon. Okay. So when I go home. Okay. Last question. What are, in your opinion, the must have supplements for women who are wanting to gain some muscle tone? I think the, I mean, the number one thing to, I I think essential amino acids, they're the number one thing. And, And the reason for that is one could say like, Hey, why not just protein? Mm hmm. I think that most women, and this could be different, they want to build muscle tone and they want to build strength without getting bulky. And with the more calories that you consume when getting the essential amino acids, it will inherently make you bulkier. I mean, we're getting like very nuanced here, but the essential amino acids are your most precise, efficient, effective way to increase muscle tone, strength, endurance, with like the fewest amount of calories and the least amount of bulk. Mm -hmm. I also would encourage you not to consume sugar around, around training or carbohydrates. Carbohydrates around training are great if you're trying to like build more mass because they'll, they'll actually again, bring more water into, into the muscular cells and Mm -hmm. they'll make you bigger. So that's kind of assuming like you're trying not to get jacked. (laughs) If your goal is not to get jacked, you just want to get like lean cut tone, you know, beautiful in that sense. Mm-hmm. Although I think there's all different types of beautiful. Essential amino acids, number one. Creatine is another good one because it will just support you with your training. Yeah. I think surprisingly, there's really good research actually with omega-3s. Mm-hmm. So fish oil with omega-3s, they not only re- help reduce inflammation and support recovery, but they actually stimulate protein synthesis as well. I did not know that. That's yeah. fascinating. It's really, really interesting. Kind of like a one of those things where like, God, it does that too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, uh, they're incredible. Yeah. So, you know, I think protein rich diet, supplementing with essential amino acids, number one, and then creatine and I'd say omega. I think omega-3 is a really, that, that's like the most efficient use of your time. Amazing. Angel, this has been incredible. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can just go to getkeon.com. And actually, I think we have a special 
I think you have your own special page. Yeah, I, I'm going to share that right okay. at the intro as well. Okay, great. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you for having me, Sif. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif Hyder. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.